Hey there, lovebirds. Happy Wedding Wednesday, and welcome to Your I Do Crew, a wedding planning podcast. Each week, Atan and Lindsay bring over 30 years of industry experience to the table with insight and interviews from local and national wedding pros to give you the best tips, tricks, and hacks that will take the stress out of your wedding planning process and help elevate your special day. So grab something old and something new. It's time to listen to your, your I, I Do, do Crew. Hey crew, if you're still in the wedding planning process, you might not have run into this yet, but anyone who's been through their wedding day will tell you that it's not uncommon for something to pop up on the day of the wedding and for everyone to look around and go, wait a minute, whose job is this? That's why it's so important to establish roles and jobs ahead of time. And that's what today's guest is here to talk about. Leah Weinberg is the owner and creative director of ColourPop Events, a New York City-based wedding planning company that lives in the logistics providing an unmatched focus on event details for clients. Leah has been running ColourPop events for seven years, leveraging the organizational skills, calm communication, and ability to multitask that she developed initially as a commercial real estate lawyer in her previous career. And all of that gives her tremendous insight when it comes to talking about what to expect from your wedding planner and, just as importantly, what not to expect from them. We'll also cover expectations that the planner might have of the couple and what the couple should do if they want to seek out a new planner. Leah's colorful work and party planning tips have been published online and in print with Vogue, The New York Times, People, Brides Magazine, CNBC, Bravo, Martha Stewart, and The Knot, among others. And she was recently recognized as a 20 on the rise winner by HoneyBook and the Rising Tide Society. Love your website. Thank Very you. Very cool. And I love your whole vibe. The, the whole color pop, the whole sense of that is so much fun. Thanks. Yeah, I'm um, probably going to be doing a little website facelift here in the coming mm. weeks. And then um, just kind of really stepping into my brand, a little, me and my brand a little bit more. You know, mm -hmm. just um, I've been chatting with some people and it's uh, kind of just become clear that like now is really the time to just like go all out and be myself and really put myself face forward as the face of ColourPop. So um, yeah, yeah, I think some interesting things are ahead. Cool. I'm excited. I'm I'm curious to see how you could be more face forward with your brand than <laughs> already is. I watched the video with your dog yes. on your website. <laughs> he's a, yes, he's definitely very popular as our company mm -hmm. mascot. The Instagram star. Yes. <laughs> But it's cool to see how much of your personality does shine through and in, in, even in your, your press photos. And I love all the color, all of the, the vibrancy that you bring to it. Because so many times in weddings, we see things are very um, understated, sort mm -hmm. of pulled back to the black and white and gray and that urge to be classic, whatever that means. But I love the the just the the pop, the pop in color yeah. pop. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, color like I feel like if somebody was monitoring like my brain waves and stuff, if you just showed me like something with a bunch of vibrant colors, you would probably see my brain like actually light up. Like it just <laughs> it does like bright colors just really like just it it lights me up. It gets me going. Mm -hmm. That's cool though because it brings so much interest and so much um, dynamic energy to the, to the forefront. So that's really cool. So how did you come up with the name ColourPop? 
Funny story. Uh, so I actually had a different name picked out for my company. And then when I was getting ready to start getting the company off the ground, I did some Googling to see how if to see if the name was used anywhere else. And there was somebody already in New York City with not an identical name, but something that was mm similar. And so I had actually chatted with a friend of mine who was an intellectual property attorney and was like, what do you think? Is it too close? And she said to me that if you're even having to ask this question, then it is not worth even trying to go down this road. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So then I was, cause my first, my first company, the original company name was like music related. So I remember mm-hmm. once I realized I wasn't going to be able to use that, I went, I went through my iTunes catalog and was just like, <laughs> Scrolling through band names and album titles and song titles and nothing was really jumping out. And I thought of like Pop of Color just came came to me in that moment mm-hmm. while I was thinking of company names. And I was like, well, that feels a little wordy. Why don't we just call it Color Pop Events? So that is what I did. I have honestly been very lucky because the name just kind of it kind of just came to me. It wasn't something very intentional, but it has turned into something incredibly fortuitous in terms of me like fitting my personality. I live my brand. I don't have to pretend mm-hmm. anything and it's easy for me. And then also it's been, it's going to be perfect because it's just going to be a very helpful name in terms of like where I'm taking the company in the future as well. Awesome. Excellent. Now I see a lot of photos on your website. It seems like in every photo and video, you have a different band of color around the bottom of your hair. Is that part of the brand? No. So not necessarily. (laughs) So when I started, I did. I had the bottom of my hair dyed and then it was my natural brown color for a while. And then last year, last summer, I think I just kind of got a little bored and they make, um, there's a company called Overtone that makes a temporary temporary dye and it's a Mm -hmm. conditioner. So it's not a chemical and it's really easy on your hair and it's easy to touch up at home. So, um, I was like, yeah, I'm going to try something new. So I've had the pink for a little bit. It's definitely faded out in quarantine because I haven't Mm -hmm. had any excuse (laughs) to touch it up. Um, Mm. I'm sure a lot of our hygiene practices are going out the window right now. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so it's been pink for a little bit. Um, who knows how long it'll stay? We'll see. Cool. I like it. I'm very interested about the the conditioner color. I've been seeking out something. I have this lovely white patch growing in my beard. So I don't know if that's going to be... Maybe I can go pink beard. There you go. I mean, they make every color of the rainbow and it's, Mm -hmm. um, it's gentle and it washes out. Like if you need it to, it washes out after a little bit. So it's like kind of a nice experiment, especially now again in quarantine. I mean, I might try Mm -hmm. cutting my own hair soon just because Mm -hmm. if it looks terrible, (laughs) nobody's going to see it. So yeah, we did, uh, we did some home haircut adventures a couple of weeks ago. I cut my four-year-old son's hair, which you know, four years old. He's not super discerning. Yeah. It was pretty easy. He didn't mind that I used my beard trimmer. And then I let my wife go at mine and she did a great job. We, it was a team-based effort, but I was, I was very happy with it. Nice. I might but, need her to send me some tips because I think I'm taking the, the clippers to my husband's hair this weekend <laughs> and he's very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I'm pretty confident just because I, I'm really, so it's weird. I found, I realized over the years that like, I'm very good um, at doing people's hair and like hair dye because I'm so precise and like mm-hmm. very detail oriented. So I actually, yeah. even though I've not cut anybody's hair before, have some sort of like false 
probably false level of confidence in how well I can cut my <laughs> husband's hair. So we are going to see what happens. Yeah. It's, you know, guys' hair is a little easier than ladies' hair. Yeah. Most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. I mean, like, I can, yeah, I can take the clippers to the sides. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. going to let me, like, trim the top, but we're going to mm-hmm. we're gonna trim up the sides a little bit. We watched a short YouTube video and went from there. And you can, you can check out my Instagram and tell me what you think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go from there. I love it. <laughs> well, and, and with you saying that you're so precise, that makes so much sense given your background. And this was one of the more interesting career transitions that I've heard about. So you you started your career as a commercial real estate lawyer before transitioning into wedding planning. Yes. Yeah. Actually, so a lot of people, it's a it's a little bit of a I don't know, people are caught off guard because they think that it was a really just complete like 180 transition. But mm-hmm. honestly, it is the exact same skill set in a different context. Like, that makes sense. Yeah, like being a lawyer prepared me as much as I hated every pretty much every minute of it. Um, it did <laughs> prepare me really well for being a good wedding planner, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, the the meticulousness that you need to have in both of those careers, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, one-to-one, um, the ability to, and to manage a team as well, or to manage different vendors and coordinate the day, yep. that all makes sense. Yep. So it was, was the transition easy or was it more, I mean, more, obviously more fulfilling? Yeah, it was a slow transition for sure. So I started the company while still working full time. I was um, associate general counsel of a company that owned shopping malls, actually. Mm. So started the company while still working there. Um, well, it's having to make all sorts of excuses, like having to take long lunches to go to client meetings or site visits making excuses to like leave work early to go to meetings and take care of stuff. And so it was not, it was definitely less than a year, probably like nine months or so that I was doing that and just realized there was absolutely no way that this was sustainable. The business was just never going to get anywhere if I couldn't give it a little bit more time. So I'd actually approached my boss about an alternative arrangement that would give me some flexibility that also I had thought would be a good business decision for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But they turned me down. So I was like, okay, then I'm going to leave. And <laughs> I found a law firm that w- allowed me to work part-time. I was totally transparent with them about what I was doing, that I was building a business. And their approach was just as long as I'm you know, getting my work done and being responsive and taking care of their clients, they didn't care what else I was doing. So mm-hmm. I did that for about a year and a half. And ironically, it, my it was... my favorite place that I ever worked and the best boss I ever had was the last one that I worked for. But Mm. um, yeah, January 2016 was the end of my law career. Although admittedly, I am probably going to be picking up some some law stuff, maybe like in paralegal form, just to bring in a little bit of extra cash with, with everything going on. Sure. Well, and it's a it's a vital skill that you can bring to the table, even with your with your couples when you're planning the weddings. When it comes to things like contract with other vendors, and I mean, just having that background is going to be so powerful for you. Oh yeah, and there's that- been a, a lot of helping on contracts <laughs> and negotiating <laughs> contracts and amendments and everything right now with my couples. Uh, I should I should I should send you mine so you can tear it apart. It's <laughs> absolutely awful. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's so cool that you have all of these amazing skills that you've developed over these different careers and that you're being able to bring to to help your couples have this amazing day. I, uh, I'm so in awe of wedding planners just because 
I'm the officiant. So I come in for, you know, an hour and I say some words and then I get to go home. Yep. <laughs> but you're there, I mean, from start to finish, not just the day, but the planning process, the, you know, the, the after effects, the fallout, if you will. I mean, you're there from start to finish. I mean, what's that journey like with each couple? Yeah, sometimes it can be, sometimes it's like a year and a half, two years, sometimes, I mean, like it can be a really long process, but it's, and the reason, so I focus mostly on doing like full planning and partial planning clients where I'm getting to work with them for a large chunk of time because mm -hmm. I'm really big on the relationship building with them. So I definitely have past clients who are very, very dear friends of mine now. We've stayed in touch. I tend to stay in touch with a lot of my couples, but that relationship building is really important because so much of the successful like planner couple relationship is built on trust and confidence. And I want yes. them to know that like I've got their back and that on the wedding day, they can a hundred percent relax because they know that I've got everything taken care of that if anything goes wrong, I'm there, I'll handle it. Because if there isn't that like just full, if they don't aren't fully in on the confidence and trust in me, then they're not going to enjoy their wedding day as much yeah. because there still will be some hesitation, some worries, some stress, some anxiety. So I make sure that the relationship is really a priority in terms of getting to know my couples, getting to spend time with them. Like I like to meet in person as much as we can during the planning process, just because mm -hmm. meeting in person and seeing each other kind of just helps us get to know each other better. It does. Absolutely. You you develop a rapport and you're able to connect much better with something like 90% of communication is nonverbal. Yeah. And yeah. so you're able to to grow that relationship with them. And, and just like you said, it's so vital for them to build that trust in you because I, I always joke that nothing goes 100% to plan on a wedding day. There will always be something that will go slightly cattywampus. And it's so important when it does to have somebody there who they can put their trust in and their full confidence. Um, because if they don't have a coordinator or a planner, then that falls back on them. Mm -hmm. Or if they don't trust their coordinator or planner, then they're going to be second guessing them and second guessing yeah. themselves. Yeah. And they don't need that. No. Yeah. And the best thing is, is I would say, um, I try very, given the lawyer and me, I try very, very hard <laughs> to, to troubleshoot and anticipate stuff that could potentially go wrong and like try to prevent it. And then I will say though, that the few times that things do go a little sideways, the majority of the time, my couples never know. And that's right. the goal is like, I mean, I had a, a whole kitchen catering kitchen staff walk off site one Whoa. for one wedding and the couple never knew. Wow. Never knew. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty big feather in your cap because that's Yeah. A, we had the staff. So the staff jumped in and like helped prep food and everything like that. And um yeah, it was it was that was an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. You know, when I think of things going wrong, I think of little speed bumps like oh we have one less boutonniere than we were counting. But that's right. That's a that's a different level. Yes. And that doesn't happen. That is very rare. Also, that one happened <laughs> early on in my career. And that particular caterer has now been put on my like, do not hire list, of course. Um, of course. But yeah, it's yeah. And you just have to I mean, like you've just as a planner, you've just got to stay cool. And I get comments about mm -hmm. that all the time. And I'm like, if you ever see me stressed or like running around or something, it probably means that something is on fire. <laughs> because like for anything smaller than that, I'm usually able to like put on a poker face, keep cool, get it solved, get it taken care of um, and not like don't let anybody see you sweat.
is the right. is my thing. All right, or maybe the current quarantine uh, um, analogy to that would be somebody sneezed in the punch bowl. Yes. <laughs> I had a dream last night about sneeze guards on a buffet. I'm like, oh, coronavirus is infiltrating my dreams now. That's when you know it's been too long in quarantine. It's just in your head. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, so I know that you came with a topic today that's so, so, so important. It's knowing the roles of the wedding planner and what to expect and what not to expect from your wedding planner. I mean, is that something that you run into when you work with couples having to define those roles? I mean, or is it? something that they come in pretty well knowing? Um, it depends. I will say that, that you know, and I'm sure a lot of vendors experience this, that when they're in the inquiry phase with somebody in the sales process, the easiest sales are always the clients that come in knowing and appreciating your value and your role to begin mm-hmm. with. Um, so there's not a whole, so those times when you don't have to do a whole lot of education on what you do and why you're beneficial and why you're valuable and all that stuff, those are always the easiest easiest clients. But I do find just because all planners, frankly, are different and all of us offer different levels of service. And even amongst those people that say they do like month of coordination, day of coordination, wedding management, like what does that even really mean? And so, yeah. And so I don't have I don't have set packages. Like I don't Mm -hmm. have like a full planning package or partial planning package. I kind of explain it to my couples that I meet them wherever they are in the process, jump in and then typically like help with everything Mm -hmm. from that point on. So everything is very custom, but in just in general for couples that are looking to hire planners, I think you just need to be clear on the services and what's included and what's not. I mean, there's the broad level of like, you know, is it full planning? Is it partial planning? Is it month of? But then there's the even more detail and minute points of, you know, do you stay on site for the after party? Do you coordinate the, like, do you coordinate the after party? Will you help us find vendors? Um, for me personally, usually it's, I tend, I can help with the vendors for the after party, but I don't stay on site to coordinate it. Um, also, you know, like some people will be on site to coordinate a rehearsal dinner. Some people will help I usually help book it, but I don't necessarily coordinate it because most of the time it's at a restaurant and it's like, I would just be standing around and not really (laughs) useful. So I don't really want to have to charge you money for that. Right. Um, But yeah, it's about understanding what's included and what's not. Like I have in my description of services that I don't, and this this was a learning lesson from early on, (laughs) that I don't um, handle like setup or breakdown of rentals or florals Mm -hmm. or like heavy decor or anything like that. And I always get asked by couples like, okay, if you don't do it, who does it? And I explain that it's usually the caterer that does it or the staffing company or the florist themselves so that it is taken care of. But if you are a couple, for example, that's doing a more DIY wedding and you need that extra help and you're thinking that your planner might do that for you, you need to be very clear about whether the planner is going to do that for you and whether that's included in their services or not. Right. Absolutely. And then it makes sense for them to know that that's not part of the part of the agreement between the two of you, right. that that's something they need to make sure that their florist, their caterer or whatnot is, is covering. Exactly. 
Otherwise, they're going to get their hands dirty. <laughs> yeah, or or friends and family are going to do it, and they're going to hate every minute of it, but they will never tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've we've run into that quite a few times, and every time, oh, every time family or friends are doing something significant, like I've had a couple where family has handled the flowers. Every time, never fail. People are arguing and fighting, and it gets uncomfortable, and then they all have to like pretend that they're happy three hours later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have the during the anniversary dance, they don't even want to look at each other. No. <laughs> and I like that you said that it's something that's in your contract now because it went poorly oh, earlier. Yes. I think that's universal of all of us wedding yes. vendors learn by doing. Um, thankfully, nowadays we have things like you know Wedding Pro and Wedding MBA to to teach us a lot of those things. But a few years ago, those weren't as prevalent for vendor education, and there's a lot of learn by taking your knocks for sure. And a lot of it can even be nuanced and less obvious things. Like I ended up a couple of times where couples just did a playlist and didn't have a DJ, for example, Mm -hmm. and I was having to cue like physically cue their ceremony music, Mm -hmm. which sort of simple on one hand, but incredibly stressful on another. And I was just like, no, I don't. So it's now in my contract that if you don't have a DJ or a band, I will not cue any of your music. Because if you think about it for the ceremony, so you you hit play on the iPod mm-hmm. and the music plays for the wedding party and then everybody gets up front. Well, you can't just like hit pause and start the next song, you like slowly fade it out by using mm-hmm. the volume button, right. on whatever system you have, you hit pause, you then turn the volume back up to where it was. And then you hit play on the next song. And then again, do the whole fade out thing. Um, mm-hmm. Which I'm your plan. Like I, I don't need that level stuff like that stresses <laughs> me out. Like your whole wedding is fine, but having to cue your ceremony music makes me so nervous. <laughs> like nothing else. So I will not do that anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, and it's so interesting as I've worked with, with different planners and I've worked with different wedding pros, some of the planners that I've worked with and coordinators love to be in charge of everything, that 30,000 foot view and controlling everything, but from behind the scenes. And what you're talking about is kind of one of those more in front things because the music, everyone can hear it. Everyone's aware of it. And it is very stressful to have to worry about that. Because what if I mess up? That, I don't want to mess that up. Mm. Yeah. Well, and it's not something that's in your everyday wheelhouse either. No. So it's so hard to, to go to a wedding and say, oh, hey, we want you to do this. Well, I don't usually do that. Oh, you can figure it out. No. No. <laughs> no, that's not my job. Way too much room for error. I'm not comfortable with that much room <laughs> for error. So, so any wedding planners out there that are listening, put that in your contract. Yes. I will not run your iPod. Yes. Yeah. Also, yeah. Also the hot tip on if you don't, and this goes for couples too, because I don't think they always think about this, but like if you're not hiring a traditional wedding caterer, so if it's either maybe a restaurant or even Mm -hmm. if it's like drop-off catering, make sure you have professional staff um, to clean up, to like A, set up your rentals and break them down and to also just be cleaning and bussing because I don't, I've definitely chatted with people like from clients, but also friends and family who have done stuff. And they just don't realize like how much help and service you need during the course of a wedding. So that mm-hmm. always gets underestimated. Absolutely. There's, there are so many things that when done properly, aren't very visible. And yes. so they often go without being thought of, they go under the radar of the couples who are doing a lot of DIY. 
And because they're not visible, you don't think about them until the day of. Right. Yeah. Like you just assume, I mean, we all know that it's not magic that dirty dishes get taken somewhere, <laughs> but you, it's not obvious. You don't think, oh, I need somebody to make sure to pick up all the dishes. Also, exactly. if you don't have a staff and you have a wedding planner, your wedding planner is going to be doing it. That's mm. the other, that actually leads me to another thought, which is I have found, and it's totally true that if there isn't a planner or if somebody doesn't have something, couples mm. often don't notice it because all of the vendors pitch in go above and beyond, do more than they were, more than their role in order to kind of pick up the slack on things. Yes. And that's putting more stress on the rest of the vendors, mm -hmm. which they can't do their job to the best of their abilities. I've certainly had times where folks have had me helping line up the couples and cue the couples mm, to come out yeah. for the wedding. And, you know, that's, that's not where I'm most comfortable no, I'm most comfortable up there. You saying, should be you, waiting you. for them up front. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Or, or I'm putting on. They had their flowers dropped off, and so I'm putting all the boutonnieres on the groomsmen and turning my hand into a pin cushion. Oof! Yeah, that's a special skill. It took me a while to master that one. <laughs> and it's, I, it's a very unique one. Yeah. Well, like it's funny because if I start to see like the wedding party try to do it themselves, I always jump in and I'm like, no, no, let me handle this. Let me do <laughs> yeah. this for you. Yeah. Blood is hard to get out of fabric, so let yes. me handle this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, so those are some, so hashing out those expectations in the beginning of the relationship in the contracting and booking process is so very important, but not just the expectations that the couple has of you, the planner, but also in reverse, there are expectations that the planner has of the couple. So what yeah. are some things that, that couples usually may have assumed that are, are mistaken that the planner might have of them? Yeah, I think the big thing is to kind of actually planners and couples should discuss at the beginning of the process, communication styles and preferences, and also just like working relationship preferences, like how you like to work together. So mm -hmm. I've definitely and I get actually get that question a lot from couples in terms of they're like, how do you like to work with your couples? And my answer is generally I adapt to whatever your preferred method is. So mm -hmm. if I have clients that like, if they're super busy during the week, and they don't want a flurry of emails, and they would rather just get like a weekend, like a recap on a Friday of everything that's happening we can do that. Sometimes couples like regularly occurring calls like every two weeks so we can have a scheduled check-in. Some are happy just to have like communication flying like as soon as something's moving or I get some information, they want to have it right away. So I email them. And then there's also discussions about how, um, what systems like CRM systems mm -hmm. you want to work in. And I candidly, I actually don't use any like CRMs or tools or anything like that. So <laughs> I, I know we can, we can get into that in a, se <laughs> in a second. <laughs> I heard you gasp. <laughs> I, we live and die by Dubsado. So that's, Oh that's yeah, no. Well, I mean, like, I think it, I'm because I am so detailed and control and controlling, like I like mm -hmm. my Microsoft word, Excel, mm -hmm. My Google Calendar, like I live by those things. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like if a couple wants to have like a shared document, if they like me to have a Google Drive folder for them where we can collaborate on things. But yeah, like I don't use Aisle Planner or HoneyBook or anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, and sometimes couples are just happy for me to manage the documents on my end, send them like their updated checklist or budget from time to time rather than them having to do it themselves. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's a question. Everybody communicates differently. Everybody's brains work differently. So you want to talk about how you can maximize, how you can 
just maximize and like nurture this working relationship so that everybody's happy. That makes total sense. Uh, we do. We know that folks communicate. Some of my some of my couples love texting me. Some of them prefer email. Some of them want to do a Skype once a week or mm-hmm. Zoom or Meet or whatever the the current digital conferencing du jour is. And figuring those things out. Obviously, we're not meeting in person right now for right. <laughs> obvious reasons. But um, but working those things out ahead of time can save so much hassle and headache. Yeah. And especially too, I think, um, and a lot of us wedding pros are bad at drawing boundaries. And so we (laughs) don't always speak up when texting gets a little, if it goes a little like overboard. So again, Mm -hmm. like everybody should be clear, like if your planner or vendor is okay with texting, you know, talk about that upfront, or if you don't want to be getting text messages, I tend to always say like, if anything is substantive or if you need me to do something, let's put that in an email so that A, mm-hmm. it doesn't get lost. I don't forget it so I right. can like track it. I had one couple just – they were just getting a little frantic because it was like leading up to the like a couple of days before the wedding and they were having a bunch of guests drop out. And so they started texting me like so-and-so is no longer coming. And I'm like, please send this to me in an email because <laughs> – I'm going to forget to like make this note later. Like I need a, so, and I want to make sure that we have a paper trail of you telling me that this person's not coming so that when I take their escort card out and they show up, it was not my fault. So absolutely. No, that makes total sense because, um, you know, some phones text, you can leave unread some, you can't and emails you can flag for follow-up. You can set reminders. So, so, so valuable. Oh my gosh, that just that that gives me so much anxiety. We uh, actually went to a Google Voice uh, for our business, and mm. we set up so that couples can text the Google Voice number, and it will generate an email to our administrator's oh, email address. Interesting. Oh, that was the best decision I ever made. I stopped That's giving smart. out my personal cell phone yeah. and text away. <laughs> yeah, I've done. Yeah, I've definitely tried to. Yeah, I definitely have tried to get better. It's like, you know, if we're about to meet up at a meeting and like you're running late, like, please, I'd rather have you text me than email me just because it's a little mm-hmm. more immediate. Um, yeah. But yeah, for anything substantive, like, please don't text me. <laughs> <laughs> now, you had said something in your notes about what the couple should do if they want a new planner. Has that ever happened to you? Um, I have not ever had a couple part ways with me, but I have definitely been on the receiving end of couples parting ways with their planner. Um, yeah. And I think from what, from this, uh, it doesn't happen a lot, but in the couple Mm -hmm. of occasions where it's happened, it has definitely been, um, it's been a break like a breakdown in communication or expectations Mm -hmm. about the services. Like the couple thought that the planner was going to, was supposed to be doing something or would be doing something. And maybe either it was a misunderstanding about the level of service or the planner just flat out wasn't performing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there have been situations like where for friends, if I've had to take over weddings for friends, because stuff has come up and happened, like it just happened recently. It was all in good, like everybody was in good spirits, but my friend um, just, she had a wedding on the books that was related, you know, coronavirus questionable. Mm -hmm. And she was just like, she's got a small child at home. And like, she's just like, I don't have the bandwidth to... Yeah. to wait and see with this. And I was like, let me just take, like, I'm happy to take this off your plate. Like, let me do it for you. Um, so yeah, so that was a pause. That was like a positive, happy circumstance where that transition <laughs> happened. But yeah, there, I've definitely gotten a lot of people who are like, we hired so-and-so to do this and they're not doing it or they're not doing it 
well, or sometimes it's just a personality thing. Like I had one of my friends who's a planner had to part ways with her couple, but introduced the couple to another planner friend of ours who ended up being a great fit. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's all again, like just talk, talking a lot, being really honest and open about expectations and you know, what you will do, what you won't do, what the client wants, what they need, how much hand also too, like how much involvement, how much handholding they want. Obviously we don't call it handholding, but there's ways to get (laughs) that information so that we can all best serve our clients and not have them be disappointed. Absolutely. And I think that you really touched on something that communication is key, not just in the wedding planning process, but as far as expectations and if things aren't working, don't be afraid to speak up. You know, wedding pros aren't here to have our heal- our feelings hurt. We are here to, to make sure that your wedding goes off in the way that you want it to, to happen. And so if something's not the way you like it, don't sit and stew. This is not the time for passive aggression. This is the time for speaking up so that you don't get to a point where, much like you've said, it's all about developing that relationship with them. Mm -hmm. So parting ways with a planner is like a breakup. Yeah. I mean, it's, and and I I shouldn't have joked about you being the other woman. It's, you know, perhaps in poor taste, but it, it is, it can be so difficult to see a couple who you've been working with and who you've been thinking that you're doing everything that they want all of a sudden jump ship because right. the communication wasn't there. And that's yeah. establishing that early on in the relationship can really help to alleviate a lot of that. Yeah. And that's actually one of the reasons why I um, stopped doing any weddings for friends or family mm-hmm. because I truly, and obviously when you're starting out, you have to do it like it's pretty much right. unavoidable. But yeah. the, my big rationale behind that is that there is not honesty. There is like not going to be open and honest communication when you have that pre-existing relationship with somebody because right. you are going to be worried about hurt feelings. You're going to be worried about preserving the relationship. So like in that situation, it's flawed from the start because if something goes wrong, neither party is going to feel comfortable talking about it. Right. There's too much too much baggage coming into it from yeah. the get-go. Yeah. Oh, that makes total sense. Awesome. Leah, you've provided this amazing, just wealth of information, great experience and, and knowledge. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that I missed that you want to bring up? Um, well, actually, I'm in the process of working on a book at the moment. Ooh. Yes. So it's about the psychology of weddings. So it's really diving into kind of all the weird behavior that we vendors <laughs> get to that we vendors get to see from a outsider's perspective and that couples will experience from an insider's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just kind of like diving into really the psychology behind it and understanding the motivations for people's behaviors and why weird stuff is happening when you plan a wedding. It is, it's called the psychology of weddings. And then the tagline okay. is the weird shit that happens when you get engaged, except <laughs> we'll obviously have the little asterisk so that it can be like family friendly. <laughs> right. Exactly. And there'll, there'll be a little bleep there, but that's fine too. Yeah. <laughs> that's, oh, that's fantastic. Oh man. I'd, I'd love to deep dive with you on some weird stuff I've, I've gotten to observe over the years. Yeah. Let's the, do this. Let's do this again. <laughs> absolutely. Let us know when that book is published and we'll, we'll have you on again and That'll be a blast. For sure. Yeah, it's fascinating. It has been. So yeah, in terms of doing it, because obviously I have a legal background and not any kind of like psychology or medical background, I've um, Mm. been diving into a lot of psychology books to kind of understand the concepts. And it's been really interesting just to see how like 
concepts like there's Anna Freud's concept on defense mechanisms. So like Mm -hmm. seeing how all of the different types of defense mechanisms manifest in like family relationships and in the planning process and stuff. It's, it's really great. Oh, that's awesome. I'm excited to, I'm excited to read that now. (laughs) So if our listeners are interested in learning more about you and what you do and following your progress on the book, where is, where, where would you prefer them to go and see your online journey? Yeah. So all my, you know, the basic info is all on my website, colorpopevents.com. And then I am at colorpopevents on all the social media platforms. So I'm obviously, I'm most active, I would say on Instagram, Twitter, Mm -hmm. least active. I have a ton of pretty stuff pinned on Pinterest. So if you need some (laughs) colorful inspiration, that is the place to go. Yes. Excellent. And we will link all of those in the show notes. And then my last question that I have for you today is, even with everything crazy going on in the world, what is something that's bringing you joy or refreshing your spirit right now? Oh, that's an interesting question. I would have to say um, TV, TV and movies, like kind of just mm-hmm. diving into stuff that I didn't normally wouldn't have had time to really dive into and like finding new series and stuff. I really I'm a huge movie and TV person anyway. So really Mm. getting time to like find some new some new gems. And I'm always asking people for what their recommendations are. So if you happen to have any fun recommendations, I would love to hear them. I oh my gosh, I haven't been watching anything long form lately. Um, I've been obsessed with uh, the Bon Appetit channel on YouTube. Okay. I love, uh, they have a chef and she does gourmet makes of classic snack foods. Ooh, and that sounds fun. Oh yeah, I'm a big foodie. And so um, watching her, you know, dissect Twinkies and then remake them in a gourmet way <laughs> has been amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, if you're into that, it's the Bon Appetit channel on YouTube. Awesome. Leah, thank you so much. You have been such a pleasure to talk to. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. And that's this week's episode. Thank you again for listening. We are so glad that you choose to spend your time with us. Remember, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 a month by going to patreon.com slash crew, or leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast network. And make sure that you subscribe to make sure that you don't miss a single episode filled with great stories and wedding tips. So stay tuned for all that and more on next week's episode of Your I Do Crew. This is Atan, owner and chief officiant of Weddings for the Ages. You can find us on The Knot, Wedding Wire, Facebook, and Instagram as Weddings for the Ages. And this is Lindsay Roselle with Lucky Bird Photography. You can find me on Wedding Wire, The Knot, and you can also find me on social media using at Lucky Bird Photo. If you liked what you heard today, help us spread the love. Comment, like, rate, and review on iTunes and Google Play and share on your favorite social media platforms. We love feedback. So if you have any suggestions or if you want to ask us a question, email us at feedback at youridocrew.com. Thanks for listening. And here's to love, laughter, and happily ever after. Cheers. Music credits are as follows. Song title, I Want to Get Married, by artist D. Cylinders, from the Free Music Archive. Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international.